Have you been experiencing difficult situations at work that haven't been addressed and have escalated with time? Are you concerned that these situations may take you to an inevitable burnout? If so, then keep listening, because after the introduction, I will be joined by Amber Jensen. Together, we will be exploring how burnout can be prevented and what us, as individuals and organizations, can work together to safeguard the employees' mental health. Stay tuned. Do you feel stuck in your life? Do you feel unhappy, but not completely sure what that is? Do you hold a grudge towards someone for something they did, which affects you and the way you live your life? Have you ever told someone, I forgive you, but in reality you were not completely over what happened? Why is it so difficult to truly forgive? How do we forgive? And can anything and anyone be forgiven? Hi, my name is Rosanna D, and I'm the host of the Forgiven Tribe Show. This is a safe and not judgmental place for sharing opinions and challenging experiences where the practice of forgiveness helped individuals to get unstuck and create a much more fulfilling life than they had before. Join me in this exciting journey to unveil how you too can have the life you deserve. Simply click the subscribe button below to receive notification about future episodes. Welcome to the Forgiven Try Show. In today's episode, we dive into the topic of burnout at work, what we can do to prevent it, how we can be proactive in voicing uh, what doesn't work for us in our situation, and how we can ask for help within the organization we work for. And we do it in a conversation with Amber Jensen, who has joined us from the state of Washington in the US Pacific Northwest. Amber is a certified life and health coach with a master's degree in psychology. She is also an experienced human resources professional with a background in performance management and employee leadership coaching and training. Amber has also experience in uh, uh, mindfulness-based stress reduction, intuition cultivation, guided and silent meditation, Reiki, and is a certified EFT and TFT master practitioners. That are two techniques uh, that involve tapping on specific points of the body uh, while focusing attention on a specific emotion or a specific problem. Hi, Amber. Welcome to the Forgiven Tribe Show, and uh, thank you for being with us today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here today. Uh, me too. <laughs> so um, uh, today we talk about burnout at work. How did you start dealing with it? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, first, before we get too far in, I just want to give you my little disclaimer, and that is um, I am not a licensed practicing medical provider of any sort. I'm not a licensed psychologist. Um, so anything that we talk about here today is not me giving medical advice. It's not me giving, you know, nutrition advice or anything like that. Um, it's purely just us talking in my role as a certified life and health coach. So I always encourage people to have a licensed, you know, medical provider that they're working with and to always bounce things off them um, so that we can make sure that they're as healthy as can be. So, yeah. Absolutely. Fantastic disclaimer. 
Wonderful. So I, um, I started dealing with burnout when I had it myself. So I have a background, like you said, in um, corporate, a corporate role for many years. And um, I found that over time, I started to just really experience a lot of physical and emotional things that were impacting not just work, but all of my life. Um, and it took me a while to realize that I had gotten to a state of true burnout. Um, and then it was a matter of, oh my gosh, what do I do with this? And and where do I go with this? And, and ah, what's going to happen next? And so that's where my journey really began is starting with myself and moving through everything that I went through and then being able to, to be here on the other side, telling people about it and also that it's possible to come out of it. It's not a forever um, thing or feeling. And, um, you know, now I have my own business and um, I've completed my master's degree. And so, so you can come back from it. That's beautiful. Uh, that's a, a, a fantastic, fantastic story. Um, before uh, starting really with uh, avoiding or preventing burnout at work, can we start setting the scene then uh, to sort of define what burnout is, for example, what it can lead to. So we are all on the same wavelength. Yes. So I think there's a really good distinction between stress and burnout. So we know what stress is, right? And and our bodies handle stress. And, and when, when we think of the way that our bodies handle stress, it's supposed to be in short-term situations. We're not supposed to be in a stressed out state for a long period of time. That's not how our bodies were made. And so stress are those little, oh my gosh, I have an upcoming deadline. I need to get through it. Okay. Whew, I'm through it. And I can, I can take a breath. Burnout really is more where, um, it's, it's, it's like complete exhaustion is the way that I, that I think of it or the way that I experienced it. So, um, it's really, where stress doesn't let up, we're constantly under stress, our bodies are going through physical changes as we're constantly dealing with the stress chemicals that are coming in. It's Our bodies are not supposed to run that way, so other hormones are not able to balance out. And we get to a place where we're constantly tired, physically and emotionally and mentally. Um, we start to just um, I call it the pit of despair um, because it's like we fall into this pit, right? Where we just don't feel like we're accomplishing what we're supposed to. We're doing what we're able to do. We don't feel that we're living up to our own standards. We kind of feel lost. Like, who is this person, right? Um, this isn't who I, I thought I was or who I'm supposed to be. And so to me, burnout is that like extreme um, feeling of just like, I got nothing left to give at all, and I don't even know how to get it back. Yeah, uh, I, I quite like that. Uh, I often, often see, because I went through burnout myself, and I always say uh, that uh, really at the peak, I was uh, like running on a hamster wheel, uh, where uh, you put a lot of energy uh, in, in doing very uh, simple tasks, and you don't get anything out of it. Uh, you, you are simply uh, unable to function properly. So you also mentioned, uh, I, quite, um, I quite like that, uh, very um, correctly, that there are changes, 
not just uh, on our mind, but also on our uh, body, uh, physical changes, behavioral changes. Um, so are these some, some of the symptoms or the signs we should pay attention to? Because uh, this is not, I would say, burnout is, doesn't happen overnight, right? Uh, it's not that we wake up one, one day and we realize that we are in burnout. Uh, it's something that occurs over a period, a long period. So what are the signs that we should really pay attention to? Yeah, exactly. Burnout isn't something that happens overnight. It's a journey that then all of a sudden you stop and look back and go, whoa, how did this all happen? Um, and that's just how it is. So the signs that, and, and there's many different things, right? And different people are have different um, different signs. But I can share with you from my experience and then Rosanna, you can kind of jump in too, Absolutely. I think, with some of yours. So um, what I notice is, exhaustion. So being physically tired, like you said, the simplest of tasks just seem really hard. Um, and, and then you feel really tired after doing them. Um, for me, there was also brain fog. So I wasn't feeling like I could think as clearly. Um, I was on kind of an emotional roller coaster where my emotions, I felt like my emotions controlled me where all of a sudden I'd be really angry or really sad or like my emotion wasn't in proportion to whatever it was that was happening. So kind of this emotional roller coaster. Um, you know, I was having issues digestive wise where my body wasn't, you know, really taking in food and I was having a lot of reactions to food um, because my body just couldn't process them. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Well, what I, else did you notice? I, yeah, I can fit in with my experience. Uh, for me, uh, it was really uh, on a body uh, level, on a physical level, it was really uh, not having any strength whatsoever. My muscles uh, really uh, didn't support me at all, um, especially on my arms. It was re really, really difficult to reach out to uh, lift any weight, uh, even something like I always um, tell this uh, example of pouring a cup of tea. It was uh, just impossible and uh, it wasn't such a, a weight, you know, that you would think. Uh, that I wasn't able to do it. So yes, physically, uh, I was uh, really uh, impacted. Um, emotionally, the roller coaster, that sounds uh, very familiar. Um, I remember uh, rushing to the toilet because I couldn't keep my tears uh, when I was at work. And obviously I didn't want to, uh, others to, to realize that I was in that, in that condition. Yeah? Uh, there was the shame, uh, I suppose, in... Uh, in, in, into that. Um, so I, I totally, totally uh, understand what you're saying. And uh, um, yeah, I've, I felt most of the, of, of the same symptoms. Um, so clearly the, the cost for, for people is, is massive, is huge. And uh, it doesn't happen over a night. Uh, so obviously uh, we suffer for a lot of time, but after reaching a burnout and after uh, we, um, well, the world realizes that <laughs> we have reached a burnout. It takes many, many months to actually heal and, uh, and go to uh, a, a reasonable uh, quality of life, right? So it's, it's really uh, 
and in, the, in the interest of everybody to uh, try to find a solution, which is um, trying to be proactive in, in this, which is more the topic uh, we really want to go today. Um, I, I found some statistics. Um, I don't know if you are interested. Um, they refer to the US and they uh, are for the 2019-2020 period. Um, I, I, I forgot to, to write down the, the source, I'm afraid, but I can look at that. And it seems that uh, 46 of the absence from work is related to mental health and stress. And, uh, but what I found quite surprisingly uh, was uh, surprising uh, was that 75% of managers, so three in four, were unable, are unable to spot the early signs of mental health. And that's, I think, what uh, makes the whole problem uh, bigger and escalate into uh, really uh, a burnout. Um, now, obviously we want to resolve, uh, we would like to resolve the, this issue. So um, what are uh, the sort of uh, uh, reasons uh, why people burn out at work, uh, also based on your experience in HR. Uh, what have you noticed? Yeah, well, I think, interestingly, a lot of people that have perfectionist tendencies or like the people-pleasing tendencies, um, those are things that can kind of, kind of not help the situation, right? Because I, I think of them as like overachievers, right? We're always trying to do our best and go above and beyond. And we put so much internal pressure on ourselves. And so I think that's a recognition first and foremost. Are, are Is the pressure that you're putting on yourself external? Like, are you hearing it from other people or is it something internal? Um, because that can be, that can be something to really look at, you know, I think unclear expectations, right? When you're feeling kind of like, I don't know what my expectations are, especially at work. Um, you know, what do I do with that? How do I meet them? If I don't know what they are, it goes back to that hamster wheel feeling that you mm -hmm. talked about where you're like spinning. Right. And, and I kind of call those thoughts, the monkey mind, where it's, it's the swirling thoughts that are happening that, um, kind of start to overtake you. You know, when you don't have support in and out of work um, and you're feeling like you're doing it all yourself, the weight of the world is on your shoulders, right, um, is is a big piece. So having those, those supports at work and those supports out of work that can really help you. Um, and, and I'm talking like people supports, right? So people that can encourage you, people that you can talk to, people that can help you see things differently um, and give you perspective. So not having those can create that, that sense of, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Where am I going? Um, you know, imbalance between your work and your home life. So, you know, when, when you're giving 110% to work and you're giving zero to your own needs, um, that's, that's a problem. That's where burnout can really, can really happen because, that balance of recharging yourself is so important. And so if you're constantly giving, 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 giving to work and you're never giving to you, then there, there's, there's no, you're not filling yourself back up. It's like a gas tank, right? You know, you're, you're the car and you expend all the gas at work and then you have no gas to get home because it's gone and you forgot to refill. So 
uh, sounds like a, a, a very nice uh, example. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, uh, uh, absolutely. Um, so if we say, you know, recognizing, uh, and I, I mentioned these uh, statistics that even for managers who uh, presumably are, are trained to be managers, uh, it's very difficult to recognize that someone is going into burnout. Um, what can be done? For example, um, sometimes people uh, don't, are, are not really open with what's going on in, in their life and uh, at their work. And the signs perhaps might be already there. They might start to realize and become aware of that. Um, but perhaps they are not so willing to uh, come open, uh, perhaps because, I don't know, they are uh, concerned that they might be labeled within the organization. So how can we reconcile the need for uh, of accepting the overwhelm, accepting the situation with the concern of getting a reputation, so to speak, uh, or perhaps missing future opportunities within the organization? So is yeah. it something that the single has to do, the employee has to do, or perhaps it's the organization that has to uh, put in place uh, a, a dialogue? Yeah, I, I think it's all of it, right? We all have a role that we play in this. So um, starting with the organization, it really comes from the leadership, right? So, so what is leadership showing? Not what they're saying, but what are they doing to demonstrate that they care about employee wellness? What are they doing to encourage and promote employees for taking care of themselves, right? For taking the time that they need. Um, do we see leaders taking their breaks, you know, taking that time, taking vacations? Like, do we see leaders doing that? Because leaders can say the words all they want, but if they're not doing it, employees' actions speak louder than words. So employees say, you told me it's good to take a break, but you never do, so I better not. Because if you don't, and I strive to be in your position someday, then I must not be able to take a break, right? So, so it comes from the very top the the leadership of companies what are you doing are you are you honoring those times are you um communicating with employees are you giving them those opportunities and then it funnels down so as a direct manager to somebody you know watching for signs of change so when you start to see an employee not come in with the smile that they used to have right or you see that they are just not really as communicative as they used to be, right? They're they're really not engaged. They're not connecting with others. When you see their their productivity start to change, maybe it goes down or maybe deadlines start getting missed. Those are signs that something is happening with your employee, right? And not signs to like give them a hard time. Like you missed a deadline, what are you doing? But signs of checking in. It's all about the relationship and the rapport that we have between our managers and our employees. And it gets really tricky from a human resources perspective. You know, we don't really want managers to be in the, in knowing all the little things about their employees' health, right? Like, like we want to keep that work uh, personal a little bit separate. 
um, to protect everybody, right? There's, there's good reasons. However, most managers are more in tune with their employees because they see them every day for how many hours, right? And so, so the fact of the matter is managers often know a lot more about employees. And so, you know, checking in, gosh, you seem a little off today. How, how are things going? You know, what's a challenge for you right now? What support would be really helpful, right? It's, it's building that communication. So that's leadership and the direct managers. Then the employee has their responsibility in this too. It's speaking up. It's having those candid conversations. Gosh, I'm feeling really overwhelmed. I'm not even sure why, you know, I, I need some additional support or I need to take a day off and, and speaking up for those things that you need. And I've been a manager and I would much rather have employees tell me the truth, right? Tell me what they really need. And I honor that, right? Like, like that has to become part of the manager's um, characteristics of, of taking it in and not, not thinking bad of their employee, right? Like recognizing the fact that, whoa, they were really brave to speak up. Wow, they're really noticing what they need. So, so it's that mindset and that perspective shift in my opinion. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that. And I, I, I tell you, uh, it was only last week, I was talking with a friend and um, I felt that there was something wrong with her. So we jumped on a, on a Zoom call so I could see her and um, I could see through uh, the Zoom that um, at some point she was uh, almost crying. She had really tears coming to her eyes. And I had to uh, be brave and uh, uh, tell her that she was uh, very, very close from uh, burning out. And I said, well, perhaps you feel a little bit overwhelmed right now at work. Why don't you go to your GP and uh, your doctor and you ask for a week or two off? And her reply was, yes, but if I do, uh, then I will, that will go into my file. And it took me about an hour and a half to try and convince her that uh, actually, even if it, go, if it goes in, on her file, so what, first of all. Uh, second of all, her line manager should have been happy for her to recognize that she was falling into a trap that it would have taken many, many months to, to, to hear from, and she needed just a break. And uh, uh, I think from the organization point of view, we, we sometimes we create a lot of problems ourselves uh, without opening up. Uh, but for the organization point of view, it's so much easier and uh, financially, um, you know, better to have someone going uh, away for a couple of weeks, uh, recharge their batteries, and then coming back uh, as strong or stronger than before. Um, rather than having someone that goes through a burnout, so uh, goes through um, a period of uh, limited activity, even though they are full-time uh, in, in their office, and then they need to take uh, a long period of, of leave, right? So I, I think this is a, a mindset, as you said, uh, that we really need to, uh, to change as an as employee. Um, and there is something that perhaps uh, needs to be done in terms of uh, education and uh, maybe also company 
uh, addicts, uh, maybe, you know, uh, that is, is okay to, to take a couple of weeks off uh, if, you, if you feel sick. Um, at the end of the day, we are not concerned of sending uh, a signal if we break a leg, right? Uh, so why should we, uh, should we be concerned to, to send it for another reason? That's it. There's this, there's this thought. Well, okay. So burnout typically isn't something that you see physically. It's not a broken leg, right? It's not, oh, you have a cast on or right. Like, and, and that's where it gets really tricky too. And this is, this goes outside the workplace, right? This is in our society and our culture and, and recognizing the fact that people can be not well, and it might not be visible and accepting and honoring that that's, you know, you can't see inside our brains, right? Like, like you can't see what's going on in there, but, but there's things that are happening to people. And it's, it's an opportunity for us to recognize that just because we can't see it, it doesn't mean that someone doesn't need a break or it doesn't mean that someone isn't feeling well or whatever it is. And, and so that's like a whole topic for another day, right? Um, because that stems bigger than, than just at work, but Right. It's, you just bring up a really good point that it's important to recognize that, yeah, like just because someone doesn't have a cast or doesn't have a wound or, you know, isn't bleeding, that something might not be wrong and they, they need time off. Absolutely. And connected to that, there is really a sort of resistance uh, that the person that is feeling a little bit overwhelmed uh, shows in, uh, in, in accepting and uh, coming out as uh, they would have been, uh, they, they were going to be uh, labeled uh, literally uh, by, by society. Um, so this is, I guess, particularly difficult if someone is living with a person that suffers or, or burnout. Um, in that case, what can we do? Um, is this something that we can do, we can say to them to encourage them to uh, let them understand that it's okay? you know, um, like for any other illness, they just need a time off. They need just to, uh, to recover. Yeah, take it a step farther because, you know, just taking time off doesn't shift the mindset. So two things kind of came up for me. So one is, of course, we can be there to support that person. We can encourage them. We can we can ask them questions that help them think about things, right? Like, what do you need? What would refresh you? Um, you know, how how is this impacting you, right? Like getting them to see it. But ultimately, the individual has to be the one to come to terms with it. We can't control, we can't make, right? They have to recognize it and be willing to do something about it. So that has to come from within. The second piece of that that kind of came through my mind is the, then the shift that they need to make, you know, because taking a vacation and coming back and having the same mindset of go, 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 I've got to do all of this, you know, it, it, it doesn't change it. It doesn't, it doesn't shift then, you know, you come back and you end up in that same hamster wheel that you're talking about and, and it ends up inevitably. And so it's really about getting the support, getting the, the help that you need from, from someone who's trained, you know, to help you in these areas to really see things. And, you know, for me, part of it was getting clear on what are my values? 
right? Like, like what is the disconnect that I'm feeling between me and my job? or the company or, you know, whoever it is, right? Um, for me, it happened to be the actual work I was, I was doing. There was a disconnect. And so it wasn't filling me up. And hopefully that makes sense. You know, when you love what you're doing and there's good things, every job has stuff we don't like and stuff we do like, right? Like that's life. But if there's more stuff that's dragging us down than giving us that boost of like, oh yeah, I accomplished that or that project was awesome and look what it's doing. You know, if we don't have enough of that, then we're never refilling ourselves. So, so it's about being willing to start to look at things differently. I love that. I love that. Um, the, we have been talking implicitly about it uh, when uh, we said that, uh, you know, managers, for example, uh, need to be open uh, with the um, teams and uh, people, employees with, uh, with their own managers. So uh, communication, uh, communication between people, uh, obviously at work is, uh, is crucial, uh, but sometimes not the easiest thing to do. Right. So um, can we go into that? Can, can we, what is your experience? Yeah. So communication, it's always communication, right? I mean, like that's what it always <laughs> comes down to when there's any, anything, I just giggle. Um, so yeah. So it's about, first of all, having that connection with your manager proactively, right? Talking to them, letting them know what's going well, what's not going well. And you don't have to do it in a way that's like, um, like mean, right? You can do it in a way that's just like, wow, this is going really well for me. I'm loving this about my job. I love how you support me in this way. It'd be really nice if this could happen, you know, blah, blah, blah could happen. Um, and it's about managers asking those questions of employees and checking in. And the trick is, so I read somewhere and I don't remember where I read it. So I apologize that I can't cite the source, but, but the essence of what I read was the business, the company is its own, almost like being right. Like it's its own thing. It has a life to it and it wants to survive, right? Just like you as a human want to survive the business job or role is to survive. And so it doesn't stop. And I, I say it, hopefully this is going to make sense, but it doesn't stop, right? To say, oh, but you're, you're overwhelmed or you're not like, that's his job is to keep going. Like the business has to survive, right? Okay. Hopefully that makes sense. But what happens is then every, we get into that, that, um, that spiral of everything is this rush and we've got to do it this way and, and productivity needs to happen and this, and we stop and for, we or sorry, what we need to do is stop and remember that it's also about the humans that are doing all of the work. Okay, I know that was kind of rambling, but. No, I, I, I think it was very clear. I mean, you mentioned something uh, important and communication doesn't happen between uh, machines, between uh, computers, we are human beings. And sometimes, uh, we have a way of communicating that um, doesn't take into account the needs of the other person, right? So we don't yes. actually, we, we hear, but we don't listen. 
and uh, and that perhaps is one of the of the issues because when uh, as human beings we are not heard and seen, um, then we start feeling that there is a problem and that problem becomes straight away personal, and and that is when I think uh, the, the the issue can escalate. Uh, in, in a way that uh, can lead to uh, psychological um, consequences, right? Uh, yep. But also I think uh, there is not enough understanding of the psychology behind communication and how much uh, what we say and how we say it can, can affect us, right? Um, yeah. I, I don't know in the US if there is any... Um, uh, practice, for, for example, within uh, the organizations or, um, you know, um, training on how uh, communication should be done. And I'm not talking about the type of, uh, you know, the grammar or the tools that you need to, to use, obviously. Uh, we are talking about really the psychology uh, associated with that and uh, how we can uh, uh, communicate in an efficient uh, way uh, and uh, effective way. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, there's trainings, but it's how are we taking it in? I don't know about you, but, you know, I go to trainings and I've gotten better at this, but lots of people do it this way. You go to trainings, you listen, and then your material gets shoved in a drawer, you know, <laughs> put down, right? You, you don't actually implement it. And, and that's where the trick is, is we can go to trainings. We all know that communication is necessary. We all know that communication um, has opportunities for improvement. But it's just like you said, right? We're not really listening. And, and you tied that together beautifully because the kind of communication that's happening is this very much focused on well, did you get this done? Okay, this is the next project. Okay, this needs to happen. Okay, well, you know, what is that instead of the true listening? And so, so here's kind of the way that I look at it. And that is, especially all of us need to do this. Are we listening? Are we truly listening and hearing the person? Or are we letting our thoughts go? Well, what are they going to say next? Well, this is my answer. Well, it's like solution-based, right? Instead of really listening, we're like, we got to solve a problem. We got to move on. It's got to happen now. Okay, let's move to the next problem. And when we actually stop and really listening, listen, we're not trying to project ahead. We're not trying to, okay, I got to remember my thoughts so that I can say it and, and we lose focus on the other person. But it's about really listening and receiving what that person has to say, being less interested in knowing the answer and more interested in just hearing and being there, right? Mm -hmm. um, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I just think that's the, the important piece because often we don't want a solution. We just want someone to listen to us and be like, yeah, that that's a bummer, right? Like, yeah. wow, that's a lot that you're going through. You know, as your friend, I'm really sorry that you're feeling that way. Instead of, well, have you tried this? Have you tried that? What about this? Are you going to do that? Right? Like, that's not what we want. Yeah. And, um, and uh, the other thing I think it's important, especially for managers, is to have an understanding of what the lives outside work is, you know? Um, because as, as you said before, I mean, uh, uh, we don't want to, to know uh, their lives and all the little details, but I think it's important in uh, establishing that uh, relationship of trust between the manager and, and the team uh, that you have a, a, an idea of what's going on at home. And uh, 
if there are uh, situations that are uh, of concern, so perhaps that person has to be screened and uh, have, you know, receive some uh, uh, attention, special attention because of, of that. So um, what, what is your, from an HR point of view, I mean, is this a, a practice? So here's the deal. As a manager, well, first of all, as a human, we're not one-sided, right? Work is not the only aspect of our life. We've got work, we've got family, we've got relationships, we've got our health, we've got, I mean, finances, we've got, like, we are multifaceted beings. So thinking that work is the only thing impacting someone at work is not true. <laughs> it's naive, right? We are humans. So there is value in making a human to human contact with your employees and your manager. It's, it's about understanding that we're all human and we all got crap in our lives, right? And I'm sorry if I shouldn't say that, but no, stuff is. happens, you know? And, and so there's a, there's a fine line between understanding and knowing that people have things. So like, for example, I have a kid and I have dogs. So I'm going to use this example because it's, it's relatable to me, right? If my kid wakes up late and doesn't get his stuff on and doesn't get out to the bus and get to school, guess what? That messes my morning up because then I have to get him to school. Right. And I can't control him fully. He's another being, right? Like Absolutely. anyone who's a parent probably can relate. Like you cannot control those little beings. Like they have a mind of their own. So that happens, right? Or if I wake up and my dog throws up on my floor or something, right? Like that messes with my morning. So understanding that these things are happening in people's lives. Now, if I come in late and then I do nothing all day and I sit there and I cry and I start talking to my coworkers about how horrible my personal life is all day long and I get nothing done, then that's not okay either. So there's a balance between recognizing that things happen, right? And, and understanding that that can put you in a mood, right? It can do things to your day. And as the employee saying, and now I'm at work and I must move on, right? Like, yes, that happened. Hey, you know, manager, I'm sorry I'm running late. I had some craziness happen in my personal life. I'm ready to get to work. I just need a couple minutes to take a few deep breaths, recompose, you know, and, and I'm ready to get started. Thank you for your understanding, right? And then managers, thank you for sharing with me what a crazy morning you had. My goodness, that would throw me off too. I'm so glad, you know, take a few minutes. Why don't you grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea and, and then let's start your day. Like how, how can we get started today? How can I help you transition into work mode? Uh, I absolutely love it. Uh, it is really creating uh, relationships uh, at work rather than being simply uh, employee managers. And, uh, and so basically thinking about the, the business and, uh, and what we need to do and all the tasks uh, of the day that we have in, in our calendar. That's absolutely uh, a very valuable uh, advice for all our listeners. Um, so we enter in the sort of uh, uh, solution mode. Uh, how can we uh, sort of control ourselves uh, with our actions, with our emotions? Um, because obviously, we, as you said before, we cannot control others. So what is on our side that we can do? Um, yeah. Would it be 
uh, monitor, for example. Uh, I, I got to a point uh, just before the breakdown, uh, I was working 70 hours per week. Uh, and that, is, that was absolutely insane. I had all the excuses in the world uh, <laughs> and they were kind of valid, um, but I didn't really ask for help. Uh, nobody, everybody, including my line manager knew, but nobody did anything about it. Um, yeah. So uh, I think this is something that organization obviously uh, we need to look into uh, case by case, uh, but what would be a good practice? Yeah, so you have control over yourself, right? You have control over your actions and your thoughts. And sometimes we need some help shifting our thoughts. We talked about mindset. Um, but first and foremost, what are you doing in your life? This is what I would ask your listeners, right? What are you doing in your life that is refreshing you? that is recharging you, that is bringing you happiness or joy, what in your life do you have that does that for you? And if the answer is nothing or hardly anything, then that's where we start. We need to start bringing in whatever refuels you in order to help you get through what it is. And, and, part, and it's not just, okay, and then work the 70 hours. It's then realizing what I find, at least with my clients, is they realize, oh, I don't need to be working those 70 hours. If I could take 10 of those hours and, you know, get some exercise in, make sure I'm sleeping, you know, seven to nine hours a night, right? Am I doing anything that that calms me? Am I doing, you know, meditation or am I going and listening to the ocean or am I, you know, whatever it is that brings you that calm. Am I reading a book? Am I taking a nap? I mean, whatever. Um, Am I fitting those things into my life, right? You've got to have those ways to refresh. Um, and then it's evaluate your options too, right? Like you talked about where some of the reasons you needed to work that much were valid, but are they? Are there other options? Are there things that could be done differently? Are there other people that could be doing things? Are there Pro, um, like, um, like business systems, like technology that could be helping you, you know, evaluating like all of those different pieces to see what do I actually need? And then, you know, getting support from other people, like speaking up, like you said, you know, and again, it's our approach. So this comes back to communication, being really clear as an employee, what you need, why you need it and how that's going to help. Right. Not just, oh, manager, I'm working too much and I can't. Right. The manager doesn't know what to do with that. Like, oh, oh, like, what do I do with that? These things have to get done. But when you can come very clearly and show why you need it and why it's going to benefit the business or how it's going to benefit the manager or the team, right? That makes a big difference. So, um, so having some solutions, having some ideas, then lets your manager say, oh, that's really great. Or, oh, okay, that's not quite what will work, but this will, right? It gives them that, that opportunity to brainstorm with you. So, um, so those are just some of the pieces I think that are important to, to know as you, you have control over you. So those are things you can do. I absolutely love it. And in terms of uh, organization, uh, if there are, um, you know, uh, issues or, or perhaps people that uh, feel a little bit uh, on, on the 
verge on the edge of, of a burnout. What could be the best thing to do? Um, we talked before uh, taking some time off, but if the situation that, you know, doesn't uh, change in the workplace, so the conditions will uh, actually persist when they come back from that break, uh, obviously they will still be under the same sort of pressure. So um, would it be uh, moving that person somewhere else or um, see what sort of uh, um, personal strength, for example, or abilities they have and how they, this can be used in a different area, perhaps? Uh, Maybe. So, yeah. Everybody's different, right? And so, so all of those things. But what I found in my experience is it really has to come from the person first. It, like, it really is getting clear for yourself what's working, what's not working. And when we're in a state of burnout, um, it's really hard to see things clearly. And it's really hard to say, okay, I'm gonna go back and use this strength in this way if we haven't actually shifted, if we haven't actually changed some things. Because I don't know about you, but I, I felt so exhausted that even the thought, like I couldn't wrap my head around okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this because this is my strength. And it's like, but I, I, I hadn't given myself truly. And it's not just about the rest. It's not about the physical rest. It's about the mental rest. It's about the emotional rest. It's, you know, it's, it's, um, it's not just taking a vacation and sleeping, right? I mean, that's not going to make the change. And so, so I guess my thing is every person's going to be different. And for some people going back and, you know, doing the same things might work, right? They might've internally had a mindset shift that is like, okay, I got this now. I'm going to do this a little bit different for other people. It might be, I can't do the same thing that I was doing. I need to shift my responsibilities. And again, it's about finding some that bring you joy, finding some that fill you up, right? Like finding what you can enjoy out of it. Um, that makes a difference. That feeling of, of happiness, of accomplishment, of um, kind of having an impact, right? Those are the things that fill you up. It's what makes the stuff that you don't want to do worth doing. Mm. Um, if we uh, have issues with uh, some of the colleagues we have at work, how can we uh, smooth the, the relationship with them uh, after going back? So, um, you know, you go back to the same organization, you find the same people. Uh, the practice perhaps might be uh, different, but uh, they are similar persons. So if they haven't done their part of the work, uh, I always say that when there is a problem with communication, the problem is... Uh, on two sides, it's never on one side only. So if you have done your job and the other person hasn't, what can be done? It's the organization that has to uh, step in and uh, sort of create uh, a, a relationship building or uh, do some, some sort of uh, activity or um, is up to the individuals? I personally think it's up to the individuals. And I say that because being forced to do some relationship building is not actually going to fix the relationship, right? right? It has to come from both people. So, you know, depending upon 
what the issue is. I'm going to use this example. So maybe it's communication style, right? So maybe it's um, somebody that talks very bluntly, right? Like that just tells you to the point and there's no, there's, that's just how it is. There's no really thought about emotions, right? Or, or the impact that that might have. Mm-hmm. And you're someone who talks, you know, is very like, I want to make sure the other person is okay, right? Like the people pleasing kind of thing. I think, first of all, recognizing that your communication styles are different is really important. I always recommend, I mean, this is going to be based on each individual relationship, but I always, I always say, go out for tea or coffee. Like, just say, hey, can we like go have a coffee together and and have a conversation like away from the workplace, human to human, right? And then being really honest, like I I want our relationship to improve. Like I need to work with you on this project and the style of communication, I I sometimes take it very personally or I do this and, and I know that's on my side, right? But I'm sharing this with you so that you understand as my colleague, what might be happening as you communicate to me. If you see my face change or or it looks like I'm getting angry or defensive, it's really because I'm feeling whatever. Yeah. You know, how could we work together to improve our communication? What could I do to improve our communication, right? So you're taking ownership. You're taking accountability. You're not just saying your communication is awful. I can't stand it. You're going to need to change, right? Like that's never going to work. But by opening up as a human and saying, here's like, here's what's happening to me, you know, and, and showing your willingness to be a partner in it, that goes a long way, right? I mean, I've had people tell me that like, you know, gosh, the way you said this really hurt my feelings. And I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Thank you for telling me. Like, how can we work together to make sure that doesn't happen in the future, right? Like, communication. Absolutely. I I, I love that because obviously uh, you mentioned, you know, having an expression in your face or replying in a certain way. And sometimes we uh, create these sort of situations, you know, and when people... Uh, respond to something you say or something you do uh, that perhaps you are completely unaware of. And uh, so uh, issues can really be created for, for nothing and not from nothing. So I absolutely, uh, absolutely love that. Um, organization are sort of dynamics and you, you mentioned that uh, a little bit uh, earlier. Um, they change over time, they are never um, the same. Uh, there are challenges, internal, external uh, factors. Uh, they can grow or shrink. So depending on uh, uh, all these factors, uh, you know, there are always uh, challenges. How do we change uh, in a way, organization, I should say, can change in a way that still account for the needs of the employee because sometimes especially when they are they grow and they go um quite fast in in, in the process or there are lots of pressure coming from from outside uh it's easy to uh, put the attention on everything that is going on and forget perhaps that what makes the organization uh is actually the uh, the community of the uh, of the people that work there uh, or around that organization. So, 
how can you reconcile or reconcile, um, uh, you know, this, uh, these two aspects, uh, dealing with everything that comes on day to day with the needs uh, of the people that work for that organization? Yeah, I, um, I'm going to be really honest and say, I don't know if you can, because, and this is why I say this, and, and it sounds a little like daunting, but the leaders of the organization have to keep the business moving, right? And here in the United States, some countries are public, so they have shareholders, right? That that are um, telling them that they need the company to do certain things, right? Or you've got business goals, or you know whatever that looks like. You've got pressure, external pressure coming on. This is what the business needs to do, mm -hmm. and then you've got the employees that are making it all happen. And so, so where I'm going with that is sometimes the business just needs to keep going. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's not a whole lot that managers or not managers, but leaders can do now. Does that sound great? No, but sometimes it's the truth. So that's where it comes back to some of our personal accountability. So first of all, yes, leaders and managers can look at what can we do to help employees? How can we balance things? Can we bring in some temporary people to help with this particular workload right now, right? How are we promoting wellness? Um, how are we helping employees take breaks? All of those things, all of those things can happen and should be happening. And sometimes even though we want those things to be happening, circumstances are such where it's really difficult. So then we as individuals get to say, okay, where are my boundaries, mm -hmm. right? What am I willing to do? What expectations are coming externally? What expectations are coming internally? Are these realistic? Is this still where I want to be? If I do, can I, can this happen, right? Can I go to my boss and say, I need two days to focus on this project, not one. And here's why, you know, it's speaking up. So, so, and we might be told no, and we have to understand and accept that and then decide like what our options are, right? Coming back to that, that evaluating all of those pieces. So um, I know that's not really a great answer, but it's kind of all of it. And sometimes things don't go the way we want them to. And sometimes that's okay. And sometimes it's not. No, I, I think it's uh, it's what happens, and uh, uh, it's just the message of uh, sort of being more patient, uh, first of all, and understanding uh, that unfortunately all these uh, external factors and pressures uh, are there, uh, and then um, sometimes we just have to uh, take ownership and responsibility for what's going on uh, in our uh, own position and say, okay, this is what's happening. This is my problem. Um, I'm thinking of this solution. What do you think? And I, I, I really love that. I, uh, I love this idea of uh, really establishing a relationship uh, between uh, you and your work colleagues and uh, in particular with your line managers that you know are, are there really to, to help you out. Um, I'm very... You know, this podcast is called Forgiven Tribe. And uh, uh, so I cannot uh, avoid asking, uh, what is the role of forgiveness or self-forgiveness uh, when it comes to burnout? Uh, yeah. Oh, forgiveness plays huge into burnout, right? So it is so easy, and, and I'm guilty of this too, of blaming, right? Everybody else. Mm -hmm. 
it's because you did this, that this happened to me. It's because this, you know, was going on in the organization that this happened to me. Right. And so there's a huge role in forgiveness, being able to move on and move past and seeing that circumstances are just what they are. So forgiving, you know, the organization or forgiving the people for just the circumstances that are right. Forgiving Mm -hmm. them for the fact that they're human and they're not perfect. Like, and accepting that. And then it's, and then it's the self-forgiveness because we beat ourselves up. We judge ourselves just like you were talking about. So it's saying, I'm not any less because this happened to me. Right. And in fact, in a lot of cases, the reason it happened is because I was giving my all right. My heart was in it. Um, I had really great intentions. And unfortunately, this is where I'm at right now. Where do I go from here? Like, we don't have to live in that blame and judgment mode. It's, it's moving past that. So forgiveness is a, is a huge piece and it takes a while sometimes, like it takes a while to forgive yourself for sure. And it can take a while to see things in a different way and forgive others. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. And actually self-forgiveness is uh, perhaps is even more difficult uh, to, to realize than uh, forgiving other people. So uh, I, I totally agree with you. Um, I'm a bit aware of the time. So uh, before going, I, I want to ask you, uh, what would be the one take-home message that uh, you would really love our listeners to pick up from today's conversation? Yeah. So that message would be take care of you. You are the only you on this planet. So only you can do things in the way that you do them. Only you can bring your insights and your ideas and your personality to your workplace and to other aspects of your life. And so when you don't take care of you, then the world doesn't get those gifts that you have to give. Your workplace doesn't get those gifts that you have to give. Um, When we run on empty, we're not giving the best of us, right? Like, that's, that's just the, the fact of the matter. And it's easier said than done, but really make it a priority to find time for you, something that brings you happiness, something that makes you feel alive, right? That, that makes you feel like you. Um, that would be the biggest takeaway is take care of you. Oh, that's absolutely beautiful. Now, uh, before uh, actually going, uh, I would like to know a little bit what you are doing these days and uh, uh, what do you have in the pipeline and how can people reach you? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a certified life and health coach, like you said. Um, And so I help people with this. I help them uh, figure out how to create time for themselves in their busy schedules um, and really find their energy again and find their happiness and joy again. That's that's what I do. Um, And so I am online at www.amberjensen.com. O-N.com. Um, I'm on Facebook and I'm on YouTube under that exact same name. Um, and, you know, I do periodic workshops 
They're um, usually an hour because I know people are busy and they're low cost. So you can find workshops on my website. I do speak um, in other places and I go into organizations and speak to employees about wellness and speak to managers about helping enhance their employees wellness. So um, if you think that I would be a good fit for your company or your, um, you know, work environment, then please reach out and I have, I have lots of different options um, to help your companies as well. So yeah, lots of, lots of ways to help people. That's, that's fantastic. And we will uh, be uh, putting all this information in the description of the uh, episode. So uh, if you are interested in uh, reaching out uh, to Amber, uh, you will find all the links in the description. Well, I hope that this episode has provided food for thoughts uh, on how we can prevent uh, burning out, how to, we can protect our lives, but also some useful and pra practical uh, advice on uh, how to, to avoid uh, burning out. Um, I want to leave you with a couple of quotes today. And uh, the first is uh, from Paulo Coelho, who said, uh, when you say yes to others, make sure you are not saying no to yourself. And the second one is from Henry Ford, who said, Coming together is the beginning. Keeping together is progress. Working together is success. Amber, thank you very much for accepting our, our invitation, for sharing your knowledge and uh, expertise and your experience, because we started uh, really with you. Wonderful. Thank you so much for letting me be a part of it. Uh, thank you. I really appreciate it. So we would love to know what you think about today's episode and in particular if there, is, uh, there are struggles or specific challenges that you are facing, uh, well, get in touch. And if you have any questions, uh, we might just ask Amber to come back and uh, be with us again. Um, you will find, as I said before, all the links to Amber's website in uh, our description. Um, but if you have been affected in any way by the topic we discussed today, as always, I invite you to seek professional help. Join me next time when we will continue exploring inspiring and challenging situations. Because remember, we are together in this journey. Remember, forgiveness is like a muscle. The more you practice, the stronger and more effective it becomes. If you haven't done it yet, you can subscribe by clicking the subscribe button below. If you know anybody who could benefit from the topics discussed in this show, do some good and share the link with them. If you have a story that you want to share with us, comments or suggestions on topics you would like to be explored, send me an email at forgiventrive at gmail.com. Reviews will also be very much appreciated. And with this, it's a wrap. Till next time, thank you and goodbye.